one that snapped it up first was Apple for their new movie store because Steve Jobs was a big fan of Rotten Tomatoes. He kind of knew, okay, he likes us. How do we get something that he's going to dig? So it was almost targeting one specific guy. Sometimes it's a little bit of finding the person who is going to make things happen. In our case, it happened to be Steve Jobs. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everyone, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. I have an awesome guest today. It is Matt Achity, who is the general manager of MoviePhone and has a huge history in covering a variety of entertainment categories like music, movies, TV celebrities, and video games. But before we get to Matt, I want to talk a little bit about your elevator pitch. Now, we've heard this term our entire careers, right? It's that whole concept that you want to be able to have that succinct thing that you can describe who you are and what you do. If you happen to get in with a CEO or a big sales client in that elevator and you've just got 30 seconds going up. Now, I know most of us aren't spending a lot of time in elevators these days, but that's not a reason to not have a great elevator pitch. In fact, I know many of you are seeking back out and there's some conferences happening, there's networking events, even some holiday social work type of events that are happening. And now is a perfect time as we approach the new year to really rethink, refreshen, and have that elevator pitch ready to go. Now, I think the elevator pitch can be super simple. Quite simply, it is answering these three questions. What is it that you do? Who do you do it for or who do you help? And why do you do it or what is the impact? That's the big piece. Now, we're not writing an entire resume here. What we're trying to do is give a great hook that gets someone to say, wow, I want to hear more, or wow, let's set up time and talk, or hey, let's move over in the corner. I want to hear and learn more about what it is that you do and how we can work together. So you're just looking for that high-level piece. Now, if you listen to one of our previous shows, I talked to Dudley Bean, who was the VP of Class client services over at Studio City. Now, I loved his elevator pitch because I asked him right at the top of the show, hey, Dudley, when you first meet someone who doesn't know you, how do you explain what you do? And he literally said, quote, I make people want to watch things, 
right? He was able to have this catchy phrase that is all about intriguing me as someone who just met him. And he went on. He said, I make people want to watch things because I lead the team that creates and produces promotions for some of TV's top-rated shows like Ellen, Live with Kelly and Ryan, and NCIS. Well, guess what? If I heard that, I would say, wow, that's super interesting. Tell me more. I want to understand. I don't even necessarily know what a promo is, but I get that it's all about getting me to watch. And that is the purpose of a great elevator pitch. Again, his is saying what it is that he does, who he does it for, and what that ultimate impact is. Now, I'll even share mine. You've heard that one before, but I typically say, hey, I'm Jason Patria, and I help entertainment, media, and tech companies drive workforce engagement by ensuring that their employees can find their true brand voice and bring their best authentic selves to work. Well, guess what? When I share that with people, people automatically know, ah, I get it. Here's who he helps. And I'm either in that or I'm not. Or even if I'm not, I may be so intrigued that I want his help too. And I tell exactly what it is that I do in something succinct. Now, people will often ask me, wow, tell me more about that. And I'll dive in more to my brand architecture around being a personal brand guru and a diversity advocate and uh, executive coach, right? And then I can tell them more about that. But that's a little too much right at the beginning for that elevator pitch. I'm really getting people hooked in knowing and wanting to ask more. So that's your challenge. As you think about it over the holidays, how can you perfect that elevator pitch, whether you're meeting someone at a cocktail party, introducing yourself on Zoom, or heck, even in your LinkedIn profile? Well, I am super excited about today's guest. It is Matt Atchity, who has over 20 years of experience managing and building websites that cover the entertainment industry. He is currently the general manager of Movie Phone, and prior to that, he was the head of programming at TYT Network. Now, for over 10 years, Matt led the team at Rotten Tomatoes that made that brand a household name. In fact, as editor-in-chief, he was responsible for the overall direction of editorial content on the site. Now, as part of that role, Matt's movie previews were seen and heard nationwide by audiences. He has made weekly appearances on Good Day LA, FoxNews.com, and Adam Carolla's podcast. He is also acknowledged as an expert on movies and TV and has appeared multiple times on outlets like Nightline, CBC News, ABC News, and CNN. Previously, Matt was the senior content producer at Yahoo and a producer for Shiat Day. Warner Brothers Online and America Online. We'll be back in just a few moments with Matt Atchity. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. We are back. I am thrilled to have my guest today. It is Matt Atchity, the general manager of Movie Phone. Matt, what is going on? Oh, so good to talk to you, Jason. Uh, 
Have you told everybody how far back we go? Uh, I haven't told people how, <laughs> how far back we go. Back to when we were children, it almost feels like right? early on. Right. Uh, back when, uh, you know, I was a tour guide uh, and then worked tour operations at Universal uh, a million years ago. So we are living proof that you can get your foot in the door anywhere in the entertainment and media industry, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, the funny thing, too, is I, I actually say this all the time. At the end of the day, because I do so much work talking about cool movies and talking about what's coming out, I think that I've taken that training and that experience to its ridiculous extreme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're now the ultimate curator or or tour guide of the entire entertainment right? universe right <laughs> exactly uh so matt i mean this is such a great great place to start i mean i know you you are someone that's out on podcasts you're editing websites you're really curating you know what you think as moviegoers and tv fans and gamers what what content we should be consuming how do you explain to people who don't know who you are what it is that you do uh the short version is that i'm a professional movie nerd uh, it's, it, you know, I, I tell people that if I told my 13 year old self what I would be doing for a career, I would not as a 13 year old have believed that that was even possible. Uh, I have always loved watching movies always, always, always. And part of why I worked at Universal as a tour guide was just being able to be around movies. Uh, I, as a kid would read about how things were made and, you know, read the behind the scenes stuff, you know, as a seven-year-old when Star Wars came out, there was no shortage of behind the scenes material that would come out. And I can like, I just ate all of that stuff up. And as I went through my career, I found myself in positions where I got to talk about, you know, put movies in front of people and talk about movies. And it also helped at the time that when I got into working on the internet, it was, I mean, people still talk about it as the Wild West, but in 90, <laughs> 95, 96, like it was really, there were no, there were, there was hardly any gatekeeping. Uh, yeah. Not like there was in movies and TV, right? Like movies and TV, it was really, you know, it still is hard to break into. But at that point on the internet, like, yeah, just put a site up and it's still like this. And so that instant publishing to me was really exciting. Uh, and I just kind of never looked back. Yeah. So I, I love that you talked about that Wild West and, and kind of like our roots as, as young folks getting our foot in the door at, at Universal Studios. When you think back and look back on your career, what have been some of those big career breakthrough moments where, where you really got ahead and you really leveled up, like we might say, in the gaming space? You know, I, I will tell you the majority of the opportunities I have gotten, it's because of people I've known and have worked well with. So mm. my my first job was for a company, my first job in the internet space was working on an entertainment portal, what they would call it now, uh, called Entertainment Asylum. And that was, uh, had been recently bought by AOL and my roommate at the time was working there. Uh, he had worked for those web producers doing some other things and they brought me on as a production assistant, which I had done some work on some television shows prior to that. So I started working there, uh, and that was probably my first taste of, of real web production. Mm. Uh, a few years later, uh, a position opened up 
at Yahoo Movies, uh, which then was was pretty big. And <laughs> someone that I had known when I had worked at an ad agency, uh, I knew at Yahoo and, and managed to get my resume and application in front of someone because I knew someone there. Uh, and then similarly with Rotten Tomatoes, I knew a couple of publicists that helped me get to the right people. And I look back and think that for me, I think it's important in a work situation to, I find that I'm a big believer in that you get more flies with honey than with vinegar. Mm. And I think that that has helped me in my career because I've been able to later rely on relationships to help me get in those positions where I can level up. I, and I've talked about one of my favorite thing. I mean, honestly, one of my favorite things about the, my career is the, is the schmooze factor. Uh, you know, I mean, I, like getting to go to, uh, you know, a Comic-Con or a film festival. Yes, I love seeing movies at a film festival, but you see all of these film journalists from around the country that you wouldn't ever get to see otherwise. And it's just, you know, kind of schmoozing and making friends and hanging out and it's colleagues. And, and I love that stuff. So uh, I've managed to, I think, have that help me in my career because I can you know, I don't want to make it sound mercenary like I'm saying I'm using those, but I've reaped the benefits of having good relationships to kind of have my, you know, level up moments. Yeah. I mean, and obviously you're genuinely a people person, right? So, so this isn't like something that's inauthentic to who you are. Correct. Correct. I mean, I'll tell you the hardest part about the pandemic in the last, I mean, like two years of being in the house and and not going out to see movies. Um, I almost couldn't ask for a, a worst case scenario. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely miss going out and doing things and having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And now talk to me a little bit about Rotten Tomatoes, because you led that team for 10 years and really made it a household name. So what was that experience kind of coming in and really like transforming that into something that we talk about all anytime we talk about a movie, we're talking about, you know, is it fresh and all of those elements? Uh, that was such a great experience. And it was it, it, it was, you know, there's so many aspects to that. Um one of the things that my boss at the time and I early on had talked about was how do we come up with something? How do we really get Rotten Tomatoes in front of people? Because at the time when I started, you know, 2007, uh, it was something that everybody in the industry knew about or a lot of people did. Right. And and movie nerds did movie fan like hardcore movie fans did. And some people in the industry but that was about it. It wasn't, it, it didn't have the reach that it has now. Uh, and I'll tell you one of the interesting things is I got that job as editor in chief, not really knowing all that much about film criticism. Having been at, at Yahoo Movies, I knew how to, or thought I knew how to, you know, expand a reach and, and what people were into, what, what movie fans and other people wanted to see. Uh, one of the big challenges there was when I was at Yahoo Movies, the whole trick at doing content at Yahoo at the time was, can you get links off the front page of Yahoo, which at that point in the mid 2000s was the most visited page on the web bar yeah. none, right? Yeah. So if I could get a link to a trailer to go to Yahoo movies from that homepage, home run, right? That's all I had to do. 
So I get to Rotten Tomatoes and, it, and I think, oh, I don't have that fire hose of traffic anymore. <laughs> now, now I have to earn my traffic. Um, <laughs> and and so there were a lot of pieces to that. And one of the, you know, it was it was a lot of how can we get people to pay attention to the tomato meter, right? The measure of mm-hmm. of critics liking or disliking a movie. Uh, and so there were a lot of pieces to it. And it's, it's not... The best way I could describe it and and my train of thought or kind of my my guiding star was we set a goal that was how do we make the idea of certified fresh, which is a movie that that hits a certain threshold with a minimum number of critics. How do we make that the new two thumbs up? Yeah. Right. The star that we were sailing by was how do we make certified fresh the new thumbs up and anything we did day to day at the end of the day was, does that get us there? Right. It's, it's, so it was less about laying out a plan. I mean, yes, there were certain elements that we put together and certain things we did to move that way. But it, it, you know, if you had said, Hey, come up with a plan to do this, that would be really tough to actually map out. But we had a goal that my team and I all were working towards. And so anytime there was a question about whether or not we should do something, you know, should we start this new column? How do we talk about this? Uh, you know, was that going to get us towards that goal? Uh, and and so I, where I've, where I started thinking was, you know, for me as a leader, I'm less interested in coming up with a specific plan so much as what's the end goal and leave it to people that I would trust to get there um, or at least come up with good ideas. So one of the things that was, you know, kind of a specific idea, for instance, is we started sending out a newsletter to other members of the press that just had, Hey, here's the tomato meter scores for this week's movies. That was it. Right. And after a few months, you start seeing them reference it. Mm. And, and so it was that kind of thing. And so it would build having someone to kind of, then get the celebrities invested in it when somebody would tweet their score. You can't buy that kind of thing, right? So when The Rock tweets out that a movie was fresh 10 years ago, you couldn't ask for, I mean, that would, because I never had a marketing budget. So we had to do it all that way. Uh, So ultimately, um, you know, it was a really interesting time of discovery and seeing how, you could make things happen and start like a, a, you know, almost like pebbles and then the avalanche happens. Yeah. I have to give credit to my old boss, Shannon Ludovici, who came up with this. Um, he had come up with the idea of putting together an API for our scores and we were offering it to places. And the one that snapped it up first was Apple for their new movie store because Steve Jobs was a big fan of... Rotten Tomatoes. We kind of knew, okay, he likes us. How do we get something that he's going to dig? So it was almost targeting one specific guy. Sometimes it's a little bit of finding the person who is going to make things happen. In our case, it happened to be Steve Jobs. Yeah. And it's not that we, and to be clear, it's not that we reached out to him specifically, right? We just knew talking to the biz dev people at, uh, at Apple, like, 
hey, we know that Steve, he just brought us up in the last thing. Oh, yeah, we know, they would say. We're working on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty cool thing. You must yeah. have been uh, through the roof when you heard that. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. I think one of the interesting things about your role is you're you're leading a business, right? You lead people, but you also have a component where you are you are that critic and you are that person that goes on air or podcasts. How do you balance those things? Um, that was one of the more fun parts of the job. And actually, it was... You know, it. I actually will say it goes back to the tour guide training. Um, <laughs> it, it, honest to God, it's it. It takes me back to that because I remember one of the things that we would get taught was, uh, you know, and this is before the days of the internet. They made it very clear to us, to those of us in guide training, do not say anything about the studio that you don't know about, and in fact, don't even say anything because you could get quoted by the press. You could get quoted. So, you know, there was a whole list of things you weren't really supposed to talk about. And, you know, looking back, it's not that big a deal. Like they would say, don't bring up salaries. Well, right, because it's kind of crass a little bit. And that's not really what people are like that. That way, you know, that way, that road leads to discussions that I think aren't going to be really all that fun. Yeah. Is the best way I could say it. Um, But I very much took to heart, took to heart the idea of. I could get quoted about anything at any point. So when I was doing, I mean, look like you don't become a tour guide without being a bit of a ham anyway. So (laughs) when I would be doing press appearances, you know, I really, really leaned on the experience of keeping on point. But then if somebody would ask me something, You know, I could think really quickly, like, okay, I know I can't answer this in a way that's going to get taken the wrong way, right? So, yes, I would do appearances and people ask me about how I thought about a movie, but it was always very much there, like, look, the the overwhelming majority of critics like this movie or don't like it. If my tastes were different, I would say I'm in the minority, but it was very much staying on brand because it really was, because it wasn't about me, right? It wasn't, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't Matt's Rotten Tomatoes. It was, this is Rotten Tomatoes. And the key part of it is what the critics are saying. So that's where we really focused. Yeah. So again, it was sort of following that North Star, right? As kind of this filter for the things that you do every single day. So I love that you're really able to articulate that like Rotten Tomatoes had a clear brand and and that drove things. Let's talk a little bit about your brand, the Matt Atchity (laughs) brand, right? Give me uh, three words that you would use to describe Matt Atchity. You know, it might be let's have fun, right? Uh, It's let's enjoy what we're doing. Um, You know, both like in a professional setting, like, you know, let's let's enjoy this. We're here because we love movies. I wear Hawaiian shirts all the time because it's, it's, you know, like, Hey, I want to be in Hawaii on vacation. It's (laughs) also, uh, you know, Hawaiian shirts are super forgiving to, uh, heavy set dudes. So <laughs> that helps too. And and so tell me where, where did the Hawaiian shirt and the Aloha shirt piece come? Because I noticed like that's even on all of your social media, right? It's like, we're always looking for, 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 you know, what's the Aloha shirt? What's the Hawaiian shirt look that's showing up today? What, what was the genesis right. of that? Uh, you know, I've been wearing Hawaiian shirts on and off since high school. Um, and the thing is like, they kind of never go out of style. 
right? Like you can have a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt and wear it for 10 years. <laughs> but at the root of it, it's still coming up and saying, let's have fun, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. there's an element that we're visually getting. Like this is a fun guy, even if he's wearing an Aloha shirt with a sport jacket over yeah, it. Yeah, or at least like a relaxed guy, right? Like I'm – I. I've worked for people who are really intense and, and bark orders. That's not me. That's, that's not, that's never been me. Um, one of the things I would have to remind some of my staff at Rotten Tomatoes from time to time is like, we're not doing triage at the ER here, right? Like let's, let's not, let's not go crazy. Like let's take a moment and relax. We're, we love movies. We're here because we like movies. We love talking about them. We're not working triage at the ER. Like I said, of course, I've said that for years and I actually met someone and that was their job. And I said to them, Oh my God, that's the worst case scenario. And she's like, eh, nah, it's not that bad. If they're bleeding, they go up front of the line and otherwise it's probably okay. So I guess even in that environment, you have your coping mechanisms. Exactly. No, I love that you, you kicked us off by saying like, you're the ultimate film nerd. Right. And I love that. that it's like you have gusto and, and pride about that. You know, most people aren't fans of calling themselves nerds. So, so how does that roll off the tongue for you? I, it's fine. You know, geek nerd. It, it's, I mean, look, you and I both know there was a point where you wouldn't call yourself a nerd, but now, <laughs> you know, I mean, you look like the, the, the biggest IPs in the business are Star Wars and Star Trek and Marvel and DC. So I don't think we're at a point where nerd is is a derogatory. I mean, it, sure, it's a shorthand, right? It's a shorthand. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, to me, film nerd carries the same thing as, as sports fan, right? Yeah. Like there's a type of person who will watch games, but then there's the sports fan. Yeah. I used to worry about this early on in my career, and I made peace with this, especially Rotten Tomatoes really made me made peace with this. There is, you know, in the movie space, in the TV space, and probably in any business, there's always going to be somebody who is more of an expert than me, mm. right? I, there's no way to know everything. Somebody's always going to know more than I do. And that's okay. That's great, right? There's, it's, I will put some of my knowledge of certain subjects up about any, you know, to almost anyone else, but you can give me almost any property and I can tell you someone I know who is more of an expert in that subject than I am. And that's okay. That's great because, you know, that means there's always something to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you have been this steward of these great brands, right? Like Yahoo Movies, Rotten Tomatoes, now Movie Phone. Uh, when you think about how, you know, how much you made sure that at each of these brands you were doing things on brand, what are some of those things that you did to keep those businesses on brand that you think people could leverage to keep their own professional brand on track? You know, it's... It I go back to like talking about what's the star to sale by like ultimately, you know, another way to put it would be rotten tomatoes stood for film criticism being important. So for somebody's personal brand, it almost comes down to like, what do you stand for? What, yeah. What's important to you? Right. There are certain things as a, as a manager, as a boss that, that, are important to me, right? I And, you know, I want a relationship with an employee. I want that to be a partnership. I want that to be a collaboration. And where possible and when appropriate, 
I want to hire someone that may be smarter than me in a certain subject. Um, I, I think that's important. And I think it's important to find partners and collaborators, right? Yeah. It's it, because I see that I, I see the role in many cases of a, of a leader, of a manager, especially like a manager with direct reports. It's like, you know, it's almost like a football coach, right? Yes. The coach is setting the strategy and is, you know, leading that team, but that's a specific job. And without that team, without the quarterback, without every person on that team, nothing's going to happen. So that coach needs that team as much as the team or anyone else needs the coach. Um, and a lot of cases, the coach can't do what the teams do. And honestly, that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Like it was a hard lesson for me to learn. And I think this happens to a lot of people as they get promoted. You're, when you get promoted into management, your job is not do more of what you were doing. It's, oh, no, no, you're managing the team. You're not, you're not doing, you know, if I have a bunch of writers, I may be writing a little bit. But for the most part, I'm managing the writers and, and managing teams. That's managing people is a completely separate job than writing, right? Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I would see a, you know, a really good web developer get promoted into a management job. And I won't say fail, but at least flail for a bit. And it, and I've absolutely done that too. Uh, I've absolutely done because you, I think almost culturally in a business culture across the board, I don't know that we really do a good job of training people when they get promoted, the kind of basics of management. Yeah. And, and unless you're, unless you're really lucky to have come up under somebody who's really good and passes that on to you. I've seen people be at sea and it, and yeah. it's frustrating because they might be really great at their job and they get moved into some place that they're not great or they get moved into some place and they're not given the tools that they need to understand and do what they're supposed to be doing in this new role. Yeah. And how did you learn that lesson? Uh, in a lot of cases, the hard way. Um, <laughs> in a lot of cases, you know, it's trial and error. Um, you know, I'm not sure that I really, really understood that till I was at Rotten Tomatoes for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, because there was a tendency for me to like, oh, well, here, let me jump in and help. Right. Mm. And that's not always the answer. Sometimes the answer is reset. You know, if, if your team is overwhelmed, you know, if you've got too much going on and your team can't handle it. Sure. One answer might be, okay, let me jump in and pick up the slack or depending on what it is, the answer might be, okay, let's pause and reset expectations and decide what is important and what can wait. And do we need to do a different look on what responsibilities are and what our capabilities are? And not, you know, it, that's the other thing is, I think that there is still a great reluctance for anyone in almost any position in business to say, yeah, this is too much. Right, whether it's yeah. personal or even just a team. And to me, the best managers will be able to fight for their team and get them what they need. And if that means either higher headcount or, 
you know, a, a, a change of responsibility. I think that's important um, because I know it's all too easy to just keep piling work onto people until, you know, it, it's like, oh, you're really efficient at your job. OK, here's more to do. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, Matt, I have a couple of quick, fun questions for you. We've been talking about the the brands that you've stewarded, your professional brand. What brand are you obsessed with as a consumer or a user or a viewer? What can't you live without? I will say right now, I cannot, I could not be more impressed with what Marvel's been doing as a brand. I've always, now, admittedly, I've always been a Marvel comics kid. You know, when it comes yeah. to comics, Marvel versus DC, I've been more of a Marvel kid, but for years, the way the movies were handled have been just a mess. And then now that it's mostly all under one umbrella under Kevin Feige's stewardship, I am just blown away and I can't miss a Marvel product. I can't. <laughs> Now, if Matt Atchity was a car, what type of car would you be? I would probably be my current convertible four-seater that I have now. And why is that? <laughs> why, um, why are you like that car? Because uh, it's fun. Because it's fun, <laughs> but it gets the job done when it needs to. Actually, I'd probably be, if I was a car, actually, as I think about it, I'd probably be like, you know, like a early seventies Cadillac boat convertible, like big, slow, <laughs> you know, you realize as you start to get older, like, Oh, I'm not as quick as I used to. <laughs> well, let's not talk about getting right. old. Right. Exactly. Um, and finally, Matt, what's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? You know, for me, it's, it's genuine curiosity. I, when I'm, when I'm hiring someone, I want to find someone that is curious and wondering, you know, why things work and is this the best way to keep doing this? I think all of those questions, like no matter how long a business has been around, I think you have to still periodically like, is this still working for us? Is there a more efficient way? Is this still the way to do this? A lot of times the answer is yes, but I think it's still important to ask those. And I think that from a, you know, if I were to give advice to people, that's one of the key things I think that somebody can bring to the table just in a career is curiosity and be, because that key, that helps you see how your part interacts with other parts. And, you know, and the other thing too, you're going to get more flies with honey than vinegar, right? Yeah. I think the more, you know, maybe it calls it, maybe it's fun. I, I just think the more, you know, the nicer you are, the far, I, I believe the nicer you are, the farther you're going to get. But I don't make movies. I just watch them. So. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for watching movies and guiding us to the ones that we should watch. Uh, Matt, it was awesome catching up with you. Thank you for being fun. Uh, and thank you for answering the call and being on the show. Oh, so happy to do it. Thank you so much. This was this was fun. <laughs> and we'll be back in a moment with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? 
The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, how cool was it to talk to Matt Atchity? It made me want to immediately go into a movie theater. There were so many great nuggets that Matt had to share. But you know what really stood out to me was the fact that he was able to articulate that our brand and any business brand we run has to stand for something. He was so clear in being able to articulate that Rotten Tomatoes was all about that critic's voice that he was able to make all of his business decisions and lead his team around that. And that's something that you can do too. So my question to you is, what is it that you stand for? What is that core belief? And what is it that you stand for doing? You know, every single day, I think about one of my core beliefs and what drives me and what creates my filter for making decisions. And that is that at my heart, I believe that Everyone deserves the opportunity to be successful and that we can all learn and grow and be our best selves every single day, whether it's in life or at work. So you've got to figure out what you stand for so that you can wrap your life's work and your career all around it. Well, that's our show for today. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure that you're hitting that follow button on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you can get a show every single Tuesday. And check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, especially on LinkedIn, where I share tons of tips and tricks on how you can lead with your brand. And most importantly, remember, in your career, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.